head out to Children's Church at this time. See you guys in a little bit. All right. Last week we uh, spoke on the topic of enduring, that there is no exercise, there is no growth, there is no strength that doesn't require enduring, pushing yourself to the limit of what you think you can do and pushing yourself beyond it. We talked about how enduring provides us with fortitude, and this is scripture, fortitude, it then provides us with character and ultimately with hope. So we have been going through, for 12 weeks we have gone through and looked at the spiritual disciplines, the spiritual exercises, the things that the scriptures tell us that we are to do not in order to be saved, but in order to grow and to become mature and strong in our faith, able to withstand the enemy. And I don't know about you, but after three months of talking about this, I'm encouraged. Twelve weeks of being told by the scripture what it is that I've got to do, what it is that I'm supposed to be growing in, all of the things I know I'm not doing, and it puts a lot of pressure on us. Today, as we are coming and drawing close to the end of talking about these spiritual exercises, we are going to talk about one that might not even seem like an exercise at all, but it absolutely is a part of any healthy exercise regimen, and it is a part of any healthy spiritual life. And that topic is this. It is the topic of rest. Rest. Now, you may ask yourself, how in the world is rest exercise? Right? It kind of sounds, kind of sounds like the opposite. Exercise, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. Rest, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing anything. That isn't entirely true. You see, exercise is not merely something that you do. It is also the things that you keep yourself from doing by simple exercise of will. So exercise is not just my making myself go running when I hate running. It is an exercise for me to tell my body no when I want to eat sugar. Restraint takes effort. Not eating takes effort as much as, probably more so in some of our cases, than making ourselves do something we don't want to do. We, we, would, we would rather do something we don't want to do than be prevented from doing something that we want to do, but both take exercise of will. They take a choice, a determination. And rest is a, uh, it's a choice. You have to decide that you are going to rest. It is an actual exercise where you stop being pulled every which way. Rest is an exercise. You see, there's, it has a purpose. There are benefits that, are, that, that we get out of it. Just like all the other exercises, rest has benefits. There are things that we get out of it, reasons for it. It has a time, it has a place, and it has an end. And rest is not 
doing nothing. It's not doing nothing. Have you ever, I, I have, it's, I always ask these rhetorical questions, I already know the answer. See, I only ask the questions that are easy that I already know how you're going to answer so I look smart. Have you ever spent time doing absolutely nothing but at the end of it felt more anxious than you did before? I have. I have, I have ended two hours of nothing. More anxious, more worked up, more frazzled than than I did before. That's because doing nothing isn't rest. Rest is actually something you do. So we're going to look this morning at what rest is. Because it's not only important, and it not only affects physical life and health, but it affects our spiritual life and health as well. So the first thing is this. Rest means a ceasing of effort. Rest means a ceasing, not, see there's a difference here, you're going, ah, that sounds an awful lot like not doing anything. No. No. It is a ceasing of effort. This week, it's kind of funny, I always love it when I, when I plan a sermon, I know what I'm supposed to do, God has told me what it is, but I don't know what it's about, and I don't understand even what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm reading it, I'm putting things together, it doesn't make any sense to me. That was this week, by the way. That was, uh, this was just one of those weeks. Uh, I knew what we were going to talk about weeks ago, came into it, started reading, started studying, uh, ended up Monday more confused than I was going into it. You would think, rest, this is pretty easy. No, it actually wasn't. Um, and I became more confused. So Tuesday, I spent a lot of time really trying to put some effort into it because that's what we're supposed to do when things are difficult, right? Just, just to put a little more elbow grease in it, just really get in and wrestle with it. So I did that on Tuesday, and I was really wrestling with it. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm messing this up. I'm not, this is not good. What, what I have is, is really, really bad. So I decided, and I told God, I said, all right, I'm going to stop trying which is exactly what every church wants to hear from their pastor. I'm just done. Uh, I don't know. You might have a sermon. I mean, I sat there, and I actually thought at one point, maybe my not doing a sermon would be a good example of rest. Taking a break. No, I didn't. But I decided I, was, I just wasn't going to worry about it anymore. I wasn't going to put any more effort into this lesson. So I did that. But, but you'll be happy to know that doesn't mean I just sat around and did nothing. I did other things that needed done. I just didn't. I just ceased effort in this area. Well, fortunately for you, or unfortunately, depending on how you come here, yesterday I woke up and there it was, the whole thing. That's why you don't have a handout in your bulletin. Yeah, see, we're taking, we're resting the tree. Everything's resting. But I learned a lesson. So as I'm teaching this lesson, God used the preparation of this lesson to teach me a lesson on rest. Rest doesn't mean not doing anything. It means, it means a ceasing of effort. Stop trying to do it on your own. So here we have in Genesis, right, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, now I want you to notice, remember, one of the, one of the key principles of reading uh, the Hebrew is when something is recorded twice, that's because the writer is telling you it's very, very important. It's, it's the equivalent of our bold or are italicized. They just repeated it twice. That's why Jesus says, truly, truly, verily, verily. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all of the host in them. And on the seventh day, 
God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So the writer ends the creation story by making sure that we understand and emphasizing it, that at the end of his six days of work, God rested. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean that God rested? Now, deists, Thomas Jefferson was a deist, deists will tell you once God was done making the earth, he went on vacation. He went out on the other side of the universe or on the other side, whatever, wherever, wherever God goes when he goes on vacation, I guess. He went out and sat down in his barca lounger and, you know, sat down with some sweet iced tea and just let the world go on about his business. God rested from creation. He didn't leave creation. He didn't stop being God. He didn't stop doing other things. Um, he didn't, uh, creation didn't just disappear. It didn't just go away. He didn't go on vacation. He stopped doing the work of creation. He stopped putting effort into the creating process. And now he began the process of working with the world the way that he does now. It's an important for us to understand. It was so important that not only is it mentioned twice here, but in the ten rules, the ten most important rules that we need to have in our lives in order to have the kind of life we were created to have, one of those rules is what? You need to rest. You have to take a break. You have to cease your effort. There's times to say, done with this for now. I've got to stop. Now, we as human beings, we fall into one of two traps when it comes to work, effort, putting effort into things. We fall into one of two traps. Scripture addresses both of them. One trap is the trap of laziness, and that is where the sluggard decides that he's not going to do any effort whatsoever. I really should have put it up there. I read, I read it to Jenny. It, 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 is, it is the it's one of those funny proverbs you come across. It says, it says that the, uh, the sluggard wakes up in the morning and he declares to his family, there's a lion, there's a, there's a, there's a lion on the loose outside uh, patrolling this, the streets. And so he closes his eyes and he rolls back over. The idea there being, there's no lion outside. He just decides that there's a lion. He just decides, oh, getting up is too big of a threat. I'm just going to roll over and go back to bed. So the, the sluggard puts no effort into anything. Okay, that's one trap. Now, the reason I didn't quote scripture there is because, honestly, where we are in Kansas, there's not a lot of us in here that are probably in that, in that category. Most of you probably uh, find yourself in the other category, which is uh, the sluggard does nothing, and the busybody never stops. The busybody is constant, always going, always got to just... Scriptures talk about being a busybody. Paul addresses that. That's a bad thing because there's no rest. We tend to fall into that category. Church, I want you to understand, there's always going to be more to do. There's, there's always going to be more poor to help. There's always going to be more ministry to do. There's always going to be more more work at your business. There's always going to be more demands from the family. There's always going to be more activities. There's always more. There's always more. 
you have to draw the line and say, I am done. I'm going to rest. My family will rest. I will not have my life dominated. Because the reality is, we're built for rest. It is in rest that God speaks to us. His spirit ministers to our hearts. And without rest, we do not hear him. Without rest, we simply find ourselves extremely anxious. We find ourselves worked up. And that's exactly what Satan wants. He wants you so wound tight that you can't hear God. You're not even looking for God. You are barely getting through your day. And you sit here and you say, rest. I don't have time for rest. I don't even have the energy to rest. That's exactly the problem. We are designed to rest. In Psalm 127, too, it says this. Listen, here's, here, here he is speaking to those of us that are busybodies. That like to just, we just keep going. He says, it is in vain that you rise up early and you go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. What's David saying here? The only thing we get out of filling our life with activity from morning to end is that we find ourselves in the end more anxious about the life, not less anxious. We find ourselves more wound, not less wound. The more we get accomplished, it's not the more we feel we've accomplished, it's just more we realize how much is left undone. And he says, he ends it by saying, he's not just saying it's vain, he says, listen, God desires to give you Real, real rest. So it requires, requires that you and I embrace the fact that there are times when we are going to declare, we are going to draw a line, and we are done making an effort. We're done. The project's not going to get done. The laundry isn't going to get done. You know what? That's okay. Right? We can't take that back. It's not going to get done. It's okay to draw the line and be done. I want you to hear that because as we go on about rest, it's, it's more. It's more than this. It's, it's more than just ceasing effort, though. And we got to understand. So let's get to the second. Let's get to the second thing. It is rest not only means ceasing effort. Rest requires, it means being supported by See, see, this is where during the week I'm getting, I'm going, I don't understand what you're talking about, God. It didn't make, what do I mean by this? Let's bring this over. plate is now off of the ground. 
ooh, it's like a trick or something, I guess. It's not. It is not off of the ground because it is exerting any effort whatsoever. It is off the ground, at rest, off the ground. Because it is supported by the chair that is underneath it. It is the chair that is preventing it from going to the ground. That is why we say the plate is resting on the chair. The plate is resting on the table. That's why we say we are resting on something because rest isn't just ceasing. Saying that it's resting on this, this thing doesn't do anything. It never does anything. It's resting because it is being supported by something else. Same thing goes for me. So here we've got this chair. Right now, I am putting effort into staying upright. The only reason I'm not on the ground is because I am exerting energy and effort to stand upright. Ah, it's a magic trick. I am not falling. How am I not falling? Is it because I am exercising my will and I'm just deciding that I am not on the ground? I ceased effort. It's not me holding myself up. I am supported by the chair. I am at rest. Now I'm exerting. Not a lot, but I'm exerting. I'm at rest. Now I'm exerting. See the difference? It's very subtle. It's based on whether or not I'm being supported. Now this is actually, this is actually very important when we understand and remember that rest is not doing nothing. So Jesus says it this way. This is how he says it in Matthew 11, uh, 28 to 29. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Twice he says the word rest, but within the context of plowing a field. I like my scriptures to make sense. I'm a logic-based person that likes to uh, uh, argue about scripture, and I like the truth that's found in it because I'm telling you, God's word is the only thing that makes any sense navigating in this world. It really is the only thing. But I don't like coming across scriptures that don't, and I'm telling you, until this, I would read this, and I, yeah, I used it, the yoke, and we're, you know, taking Jesus' yoke, and yeah, I had all of the great things down, but I didn't understand it. I, did, I, just, I just didn't. It didn't make sense, and I didn't want to talk about it, because how in the world do you tell someone, hey, Jesus is coming up to you, he wants to put a big heavy yoke on your neck, and he wants you to go plow a field with him. That's relaxing. What? That doesn't make any sense. So it's not, it, it, it wasn't my go-to passage. It was a great work passage wasn't a rest passage, but it's not a work passage, is it? It's a rest passage. So what is Jesus saying? You and I, you and I are plowing the field of this life. And we are dragging through this mud and this muck. We are tilling this ground. We are working this ground, and we are doing it by ourselves. And we are not getting much out of it. 
and it is exhausting, and it never stops. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like it just never stops? You never get a break, and you don't have the energy to do it on your own anymore. It just isn't there. It's all gone. So Jesus says, you are laboring. are heavy, laden, you're burdened. This world is weighing you down. He comes to you and Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. So he comes up, you know, the, the, the yoke, right, the, the, the double neck thing. He's got it on his neck. And he comes up, he says, take my yoke on you. He puts it on you. He says, now learn from me. And he plows your field for you. He pulls it. You're just walking alongside of him. Again, rest is not doing nothing. It is the ceasing of effort and being supported. Jesus is offering rest through support. He is going to come along. He promises to come alongside. This life is difficult and you are facing hardship. He will come alongside. You don't have to make it better. He will come alongside of you and help you. He will support you. That's where the rest is. He asks us to cast our burdens upon him. Then Paul says that, I mean, pretty much. Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Take your anxieties, the burdens, the weights, the hurts, the insults, the failures, the weakness, take them all and throw them onto him because he will carry them for you. When you allow him to carry all of that, you will find the peace that God offers, a peace you didn't know you had. You're going to find freedom in your heart and in your mind. It is in this support that we find rest. We, this is why Jesus, it's not by accident that in the Gospels, repeatedly, Jesus withdraws from the crowd. The Son of God withdraws from the crowd in order to be alone, but not just to be alone and do nothing. What does he do when he withdraws? He prays. He can't do it alone. He is exhausted. He needs his father to come alongside of him and strengthen him. At the end of his temptation, God just left him alone and said, fend for yourself, 40 days, 40 nights, no food. Good job, boy. Nope. He sent his angel to minister to him, to give him strength. 
third year. By the way, there's a fourth term, so we're in third year now. Rest doesn't just mean finding support. It also means finding security. It means finding security. Let me walk you, keep building this picture here. I am exerting effort. I am not at rest. Now I'm going to allow something else to support me. I'm going to cease effort. I'm going to find support, and I'll be at rest, right? So I go down, and I go to sit, and it's wobbly. You ever done that? Right? Again, one of those questions that make me look smart because we all have done it. You sit down. You touch it. The leg gives out. They're wobbly. They just keep moving. At what point do you feel at rest on a wobbly stool or chair? You don't. I'm not at rest right now. I'm leaning against it. It is giving me no support. You pull this out, I am still here. Why? Because I don't trust it. Because its legs are wobbly. It is unreliable. There's no security in it. And so what am I doing? Even though I'm completely up against it, I am on guard. I am ready. I'm telling you, if this thing gave out right now, I ain't going anywhere. Boom! Ha! I'm not at rest. Rest means finding security. I'm only at rest when I know it's not me. It's not given out. It's trustworthy. Now, I'm not on guard. I'm not, I'm not working. This is good. I'm at rest because of the security. which is why we find it funny when we pull chairs out from underneath people. Kate goes, I'm going to go up there and pull the chair out from underneath them. That's why it's funny, because the rest. You ever hear a noise at night? Boom, you're up. Go down the hallway. What was that noise? You look around, nothing. Can't find anything. There's nothing there. Never is anything there whenever you find it or you wouldn't be here to talk about it. First time I go down and find a bear, you won't find me again. I'm gone. That's, I'm either dead or left Kansas because when did that happen? Bears. You get up, you go looking around, you try to find something. Nothing's there. Doors are locked. Windows are shut. So you go back, you just fall peacefully back to sleep because everything's okay, right? Once you're on edge, your brain's going. Now, when I do it, I go back and I lay down. I'm like, all right, just get back to sleep. Get back to sleep. What was that? And now I hear everything. everything. Things that weren't even noises, I'm making up noises. I can't do it because I'm on guard. I can't rest. Even if I fall back to sleep, it's never a good sleep. I'm going to wake up tired and grumpy. I'm going to wake up in a bad mood. Why? Because if I don't feel secure, I have to be on guard when I'm asleep. Spiritually, God is offering us the kind of security that gives us rest. Okay, look, Psalm 62, verses 1 through 2. He says, he says, for God alone my soul waits in rest. It should say rest, I don't know why it says silence. My version says rest, and that's what we're going with. 
For in God alone my soul finds rest. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be greatly shaken. What's his point? Where, do, where, does, the rest, where does the rest in God come from? Does it come from having an easy situation? Nope. Does it come from having good money? Nope. Does it come from having a, 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 a kind family? Nope. None of that. That's not anywhere where rest comes from. He says, in God alone, God is the rock. He is the one that doesn't move. It has nothing to do with the circumstances. Look, because I know God, I don't have to fear anything. Good grief. There are Christians all around this world. Right now, throughout history, we have faced persecution and danger and nakedness and sword. I think there's a scripture that says that. We face these things. He says we face death all day long for his sake. And we are sheltered here, but it's happening even now. But I am telling you, those Christians that find themselves in prison, they still find themselves at rest. Why? Because their safety and their security is not found in their circumstances. It is found in the God that they have given themselves to. It is in the God that protects them. Listen, you want to talk about security? You go get all the security systems you want. You're going to die. Ta-da! You hire all the bodyguards you want to keep you alive. Guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to die. You go and chase all the security you want. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to die. That is really creepy. I just stepped outside my body and saw that. it represents the ultimate insecurity what happens next what is on the other side is there another side and so we build false security to make ourselves feel safe and get through it financial troubles you don't have to worry God's got this someone threatens to kill you so what take my life that which makes us feel insecure has been removed in my life I know where I'm going I know who has me no one can take me out of his hand not angels not demons not life, not death. Nothing can take me out of his hand. So you can do whatever you want in my life. I'll face whatever situation. Because I'm not afraid. And so I don't have to be anxious, and I don't have to be wound, and I don't have to be so uptight, because it's all already taken care of. And even if the worst happens, I drop right now from an aneurysm or something, I'm good. Seriously, I'm good. The only reason we're afraid of death is because we don't know what's on the other side. I know what's there. 
it's funny. Um, Psalm 4, 8 says this, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. What is the source of his not only lying down but actually finding rest? It is that God gives him safety. And let me tell you something about David, because it isn't the guards. They turn against him for his son. It isn't the castles, because he gets run out of them. It isn't that he slayed Goliath, because Saul hunted him down afterwards. Where did he find his rest? How did he understand his security? He understood that it was in God. just finding support from God, it's the next step past that. It's not just believing in the God, it's not just trusting in God, it's actually, actually handing everything to him and letting go. It's the only way you're going to find rest. Last thing, rest means recovering vitality. And I use the word vitality, of course, because that's our theme for the year. It's been having an abundant life, being vitally alive in Christ. The, 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 what God intends for us to have, rest is necessary for the recovering of vitality. If I go and I exercise but I don't rest, I can actually, actually truthfully injure myself. The goal of exercise is what? I mean, honestly, honestly, when you're strength building, right, you're trying to get stronger, what you have to do is you have to push your muscles past what it can do so it, it actually shreds them a little bit. It actually injures them a little bit so that your body has to rebuild them. And then it rebuilds them stronger to do the task that you were doing. That's how strength happens. But if you do not stop and rest and let your muscles recover and rebuild, if you only tear down but do not rebuild, uh, you will do severe permanent damage to yourself. And we've all seen stories, read stories of, of weightlifters and stuff that, that or even kids in football and stuff, they pop ligaments and whatever, meniscus stuff. I don't know what the words are. They tear all kinds of things because they went too far. You have to have rest. Have you ever seen someone, I used the word earlier, I like the word frazzled. Because like, when I say frazzled, we all know what that means. We all, get in our, we all get in our head the image of the stressed out person with a cup of coffee, their eyes wide, their teeth gritted, they're angry, and their hair's all stuck out. Like Kramer off of Seinfeld. And he's just sitting there like this. I hate Mondays or whatever the poster says. That's frazzled. What is frazzled? It's someone who has stayed up well past, well past their expiration date. They needed to have gone to bed. They, and and when, when you come across someone who's frazzled, I'm, I'm going to do it. I, I see frazzled people the most when I do weddings. There were some frazzled people. I mean, you show up at the day of the wedding and and mother of the bride, <laughs> you just, just, just wait. Don't even talk to them. Because no one in here, of course. None of, none of you know. They're frazzled. 
they're past the point of being able to handle what's going on. And we'll go up to them and we'll be like, oh, honey, please, go sit down, right? We, we, please, take a break. Because, because there's a point when, you know what? If you stayed up 48 hours at a soup kitchen serving meals for 48 hours and, and, and you're doing it for the glory of God, I'm going to tell you there's a point, there's a point when because you have not rested, because you have not stopped, because you have not done what God created you to do, you will become frazzled. And as you hand it out, you will become short, you will become abrupt, you might even become rude. And at that point, what does your service mean? It means nothing. Why? Paul says, it doesn't even matter if you surrender your body to the flames. You give all you have to the poor, because if you do not demonstrate love while you are doing it, you are a banging gong, a clanging cymbal. You are just empty noise. Without rest, service means nothing, because you actually do more harm than the good you think you're doing. Rest is needed to recover our vitality. So in Mark 6, 30 to 31, it says the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had been doing. He had sent out the 12. This isn't the sending of the 72. This is the 12. He did it two different times. He sent out the 12. They come back. They tell him all the things that they had done and taught. They are excited, by the way. They're all, whoo, yes, awesome things are happening. Here's Jesus' response. He says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For there were many who were coming and going, and they had not had leisure Jenny does this with me. She's been doing stuff around the house outside. I'm an idiot. I, I go to the, I, I don't want to let go. I don't want to stop. I don't want to take a break. I want to get things done. And I go to the point of pa almost passing out. I got to come in and lay, lay on top of the air conditioner or she'll come out and be like, please drink something. Here, take a break. Da, 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 da. She's constantly trying to tell me to do that because she understands that I need to recover the vitality in order for what I'm doing to actually still be effective. So even though the apostles are excited and they're energetic, Jesus goes, all right, come on. we got to go rest. Let's go take a break. Let's settle in. See, I think sometimes maybe you and maybe I, uh, uh, we, uh, even, even religiously, we, we, we do things thinking that that makes us more important than God. It really isn't how much we do. It's the quality of what we do. It is uh, uh, the reasons why we do it. So uh, just doing things constantly for no reason is kind of meaningless. We need to focus on what it is God is asking us to do, do it effectively, and make sure that we are taking restful time. But I feel like i got to do this. Rest, again, going back to the beginning, does not mean, it does not mean doing nothing. This world right now has created an entire system devoted to keeping you from feeling rested while telling you it is giving you rest. We've all gone on vacation to get away from it all, to relax and come back more stressed out than we left. Every one of us have done that. Why? Because someone told us going to going to the lake would be relaxing. They didn't tell us about all the other stuff that we would have to deal with, the stuff at home that didn't get done. I mean, and then you come back more frazzled than you left. Or 
Well, I'll tell you what, man. Oh, there are online services right now competing to get you to binge watch 8 to 12 hours of a show. Boom. I mean, we actually, and I've done it. I do this. Okay? I, I fall into this trap. Stranger Things comes out, and I'm like, God, oh, dude, I've got nothing going on this day. And I'm watching it. But at the end of the day, I don't feel rested. I may have been entertained, but I'm not rested. Everything this world offers doesn't actually give us rest. It only distracts us from life, which is why it's completely empty. And it never, ever does what it's supposed to, which is bring us peace. And let us, we, it is, it is everything that we use is, is the opposite of rest. See, they, the world says, don't do anything and you'll be rested. That, no, that's, that's, like, that's like drugs. That it, it, is, it is distraction. It is, it is ob, ob, whatever that word is, ob, obfugation. No one, no, good, I'm in good company. <laughs> uh, someone knows what word I'm trying to think of. Um, it, it is misdirection. It, it, it is distracting you from the problems, not actually settling you in. If you want to be rested today, right now, you leave here. And you decide, I'm not putting effort. There's no work. There's no run. I'm not, I'm, no effort. I'm just going to do something I enjoy. I like to tinker with computers. I like to take them apart, put them back together. That's fun. That is a work. It's not doing nothing. It's doing something. But it's relaxing. You find something relaxing. But here's the thing. You don't just cease the effort of this world. You don't just cease the, the fight and the battle for uh, uh, to take care of yourself, all that stuff. You actually stop You hand over your problems to God so that you can relax. You, you say, I'm, I'm not going to deal with this today. This, I, need, I need you to take care of it. That's what I did with the sermon. I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to succeed at this. I, you're going to have to do this. Here. And then go on and do something else. Lay down the burden. But here, don't, do, don't, don't just do that. Let him know. Let yourself know. He's got you. You can step away. See, sometimes we don't feel like we can step away. Why? Because we don't feel safe. We don't feel like it's secure. If we don't do it, it's not going to get done. No, no. I'm not trying to burst your bubble. You're not that important. Stuff gets done if you don't do it. It does happen. It's okay to step away. And then when you do it, when you do it, make sure that it's something that's energizing you, something that's filling you up that isn't, it's not taken away. Some men go out and I, I don't. I do computers because I don't understand cars. I think I, I think I'd save more money if I understood cars, but I, I don't understand it. There are guys that go out and they they fiddle with cars, they mess around with them. You and your lawnmowers, man. I don't know. You've got all kinds of weird things. You got a workshop full of weird things that you just. Uh, I mean, piddle's probably the word for you, right? I mean, you just go out there and fiddle with it and just mess with it. I mean, whatever. Horses around out there energizes you, right? Relaxes. It's not work. He does those things. We find those things. So, so some people do that. Some people do other things. Remember, rest is not about not doing anything. 
about finding something that re-energizes us. It doesn't distract us. It re-energizes us. It gives us energy. That's why. That's why Jesus, as he's walking along, his, uh, they were walking along and his disciples were with him. If you've ever wondered about this story, this is how this story fits in. Uh, they're walking along and there's grain. So they, they reach down, grab some, and they roll it in their hand. They're listening to Jesus and they're popping it because they're hungry. Pharisees come up. Ha! We caught you. Your disciples are working on the Sabbath. They're doing something. Jesus looks at me and goes, they're not violating the Sabbath. They're not working. But in their mind, doing something was work. No. They weren't doing work. They were grabbing grain and doing that. That's Rest isn't doing nothing. Rest is about turning over. Stopping, trying to fight this life on our own. Turning over the security of our life to God, resting and trusting that he is going to take care of us, allowing ourselves to let our walls down and finding things that we can do, things that build us up, things that strengthen us, things that encourage us. Maybe it's getting away. Some people, it's reading a book. Some people, it's doing art. Some, listen, my mom, my mother, she's crazy. She hears this and sorry. Mowing the lawn is is rest for her. Like she comes off of mowing the lawn energized. I'm like, you are weird. That doesn't but that's what she does. I mean, when she wants to relax, she goes and push mows. You want to ride her. Yeah, but this is fun. Whatever it is that energizes you, make sure. God, I'm not just giving you permission, I'm giving you an instruction from the scripture. Go and rest. Your God did it. Your God has commanded it. But don't do nothing. Go, place your trust in him. Place your future in him. Place your finances, your health, your life. Put it in his hands. And go do something that you enjoy today. Let's stand. We're going to sing our song of invitation.